Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast based in Chico, California. I'm Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Sumhairs. How's it going? Welcome back to the show. I guess also to us. We've been gone a week. I caught a, a, a cold last week that made it very difficult to not sound annoying while I spoke. And for the good of everybody's ears, we decided to postpone by a week and we played an old episode from a couple of years ago. Uh, but now we're back and we got a lot of catching up to do. But first and foremost, Johnny Summers, how the heck are you? Uh, I am good, man. I'm better than you. I didn't catch the Rona. So I don't I have the Rona. Did you get tested? No. I'm supposed then to. I was going to get a test yesterday, but the clinic was all, not the clinic, but they weren't taking any more by the time I reached out. So uh, I'm going to get one tomorrow. You have no evidence that you did not, in fact, have I it. So until you provide not. me proof. <laughs> until you provide me proof, I'm going to tell everyone that you got the Rona. Okay. Well, I guess better safe no. than sorry. That's fine. Tell them. I, I don't I'm care. Just, okay. It's <laughs> it's in the past anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but no, I'm good. I'm glad you're feeling better. It was weird taking a week off, but it was fun revisiting episode 99 from back in 2018. I hope everyone enjoyed that little tidbit. Yeah. Uh, looking back and listening to that episode, it was kind of hard. I, I sounded really sad. <laughs> and like, It was kind of hard for me to listen to. I know, man. If, if you guys didn't get a chance to catch up with it. Um, my my thought on releasing it was that I, I just wanted to pick either either 2019 or 2018, whatever we had released that week in November, and we went with the 2018 episode, and it happened to be um, like a couple days after. I think we'd actually postponed a week because of the campfire uh, in Paradise mm-hmm. that spread. Um, and yeah, when I when I listened back and I was picking it and sort of putting the episode together, it was yeah, man, the, the tone was at least in my opinion very yeah. There's there was a, a well yeah a cloud a haze yeah. over, over the whole thing yeah i got like 10 minutes in and i'm like i can't listen to this anymore like i'm, oh, no. I'm bumming myself out the the upside is that we covered that beer from secret trail that that we collaborated with them on it was a fresh hop cine haze and and we also spent a good amount of time talking about what it was like to go down to that bar um which has been a long time friend of this show and, and just sort of get together with all of the people that support the podcast and have have a day of camaraderie where we all got maybe a little bit too drunk on a really delicious strong ipa and just kind of hugged each other. Yeah, it was it nice. was a, it was a it was a good day. Definitely, some much needed fellowship happened that day. Yeah, I will. I remember that day. Uh, I think about that day often, and it was nice to to think about it again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Anyways, hope you enjoyed that, and we'll try and not be sick or die. <laughs> sure. Uh, and keep putting out new content. Which uh, is to until, say, yeah, we put out new is, content on all sorts of places, right? Yeah, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Untapped at Fresh Hop Cinema. Letterboxed at Max Minardi and at Johnny Summers. Email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Freshhopcinema.com is our website. Patreon.com slash freshhopcinema is our money-making machine yeah. that you guys help us out with. <laughs> uh, rate, review, and subscribe, please, on Apple Podcasts. And uh, remember to weigh in on Patreon uh, about our holiday special. We're going to be putting up a poll about some special Christmas-themed bonus content exclusive for our patrons uh so keep your eyes out for that if you are in patreon to weigh in on the poll it's going to be important it's going to be fun we're it's starting so holiday fun. traditions yeah, i can't so wait i'm super excited so 
Yeah, it's going to be enough. I'm going to say one more thing, uh, which is yeah. that this this new holiday tradition will will come out on our main feed. But yeah, I, th- I think that what you were just saying that there will be a poll on it on uh, on Patreon where people get a chance to really weigh in. And I think as Patreon polls go over the years, like this is there's a lot of power in this one, and it's a very important decision. So if you're hearing this and you haven't uh, heard our announcement of that poll on Patreon, go listen and and please do weigh in. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a chance for you to get to vote. For Max to write erotic <laughs> fan fiction, that's all I'm gonna say. That's Man. that's a thing that could happen. I'm still I'm still recovering from that bonus episode we just did. That really that caught me off guard. But <laughs> it's a good point. It's gonna catch a lot of people off guard when that wins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. well enough about uh, housekeeping stuff. I believe. Um, yeah. Both beers this week are from Diego Sequoia out of Fresno, and I think we should get into the first one. Maybe after um, after a little bit of info about the brewery. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. We have a video we're going to play, um, which you guys will be able to hear online, and we'll link to it somewhere. Uh, but that's got some background, and then we're going to give you some more info about the brewery, because like Max said, we're only covering one brewery. We kind of liked what we did with Dying Breed as yeah. far as just covering two beers from one brewery. Really lets you dive deep and get a feel for what a brewery is about when you get to try two of their newer beers. Yeah. Um, so when that's possible, I think we're going to be trying to do that going forward. So if there's any breweries that we haven't done that you'd like to see on the show, I know I have Equilibrium Brewing coming nice. uh, to the show. So that'll be a brand new one from the East Coast. Um, but yeah, if there's something that we haven't done or we haven't done in a year or two that you think we should revisit, drop us an email at fhccast at gmail.com. Uh, until then, and until next week, here is some info about Tioga Sequoia. Every brewery has a story, and uh, for us, it's about representing the valley that we brew in, representing the people that are here. That means something to me. History of Tioga Sequoia, obviously Butterfields. Kevin Cox loves beer. He was winning national and international awards for the beer he'd been making at home as a hobby. It's almost like you have a love affair with this whole thing. Well, you do. Now you know I've got to do this. Our idea was to create a brand that people can relate to, basically paint the picture that we're local. Brewing beer is a personal extension of your creativity. It's no different than an artist, you know, painting a picture. We're creating this path that people can integrate our beer into their lifestyle and think of it more as a craft and art form of passion. You want to stay on the cusp and the cutting edge of flavors and what's happening and you can't get stuck in your own world. We all had a passion. We had a purpose. We wanted to showcase the best aspects of the valley through beer. That was some info about Tioga Sequoia, downtown Fresno, California. If you've ever been, you've probably driven right by this brewery. Uh, recently, they actually renovated an old grain warehouse into a tasting room, uh, kind of hoping to bring some new life to Fresno's downtown. Big outdoor venue, lots of fresh local craft beer, urban atmosphere, a um, lot of fresh ideas, and they bring a lot of awareness uh, and actually resources to the southern Sierra Nevadas. Yeah. Uh, every single purchase of their beers, uh, partial profits go towards really cool organizations that are very close to the people that make the beer, uh, the Yosemite Conservancy, uh, the Sequoia Foundation, and the High Sierra Volunteer Trail Crew. So they're actually very involved in the environment in which they live, and they're very super like focused on the forest and and giving back and being being good members of the community. So I'm super stoked on these guys. Um, big shout out to Chris Gomez who first introduced me to this oh, beer. Same, uh, many many yeah, years yeah. ago. Yeah, he he was bringing up Tioga Sequoia because he's from Fresno. So right. he would go there and bring their beers back, and he's gone down for releases and whatnot. So. 
big shout out to him for initially years ago turning me on to this and then hooking me up with so much of the beers throughout totally. the years. Uh, what's really cool is this beer is actually being distributed in our area now. So this was actually delivered to Spikes. So we were able to pick this up fresh, cool, in our neighborhood and uh, be on the lookout at your favorite bottle shop. If they don't have Tioga Sokoya, ask them to bring it in uh, because it's really good. And the fact that it's getting distributed is fantastic. I think this beer deserves a lot of recognition or this brewery, I should say. Yeah. Uh, we haven't covered Tioga Sequoia since way back in <laughs> November of 2017, yeah. episode 49, when we were just babies and didn't know how to record <laughs> podcasts. Oh, we did all right. Yeah, we did pretty good. Okay. Uh, we drank a beer called Midnight Lightning. Uh, it is a stout. I think it was barrel aged. No, yeah, I think it was maybe. Too. It was yeah. It was. A, I remember it being pretty strong. I can check it out while you're telling me about it. It could be. Yeah, I know they do a barrel aged version, but either way, I gave it an eight. Max gave it a seven point three, and uh, we haven't been able to get our hands on any for the last three years. It hasn't so. been around. Yeah. Here we go. Back to Tioga Sequoia. I'm pretty stoked on this. Uh, so should we jump into our first beer? Yeah, man. Just to, just to clarify again. Yeah, we did, we did. I believe we split the bomber, which was the uh, just, yeah, the standard uh, Imperial Stout, not the barrel aged one. Okay, cool. Fair enough. So our first beer from Tioga Sequoia is called Valley Haze. It is a New England style IPA, and it has an ABV of 6.6%. The description from their website reads as follows. Born in the Central Valley of California, Valley Haze is the adventure you have been looking for in an IPA. It has a soft body and mouthfeel that features citra and azaka hops, which lend juicy flavors of citrus and fruit with tropical aromatics. Journey through the haze and enjoy. I mean, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back because I tasted it. And I, I was like, this is, this is some, there's a flavor here that I don't love. And I think it might be azaka. And I was looking at the can and then you said citra and azaka. I feel good about that. I mean, I don't, you know, don't love that flavor uh, typically, but I guess I'm showing my hand a little bit early because I just had my first sip. Um, it's a super solid New England IPA. If you look at it, it's a sort of a, a very dark yellow bordering orange, not a chance in heck you're going to see through it. Very hazy, uh, single IPA, uh, pretty, pretty carbonated, but not, not overly. So I think it's a well-balanced beer. Um, and my initial impression outside of all that is just flavor profile is not necessarily my wheelhouse. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I like it. They're pretty accurate with the soft body and mouthfeel. It mm -hmm. definitely is. It does have a soft mouthfeel. It's not super. I don't know. It's hard to describe. It doesn't have like a biting carbonation. No, no. it's not spicy. It's not um, spicy. Yeah, it's it's a nice drinking beer. It goes down really smooth. I like Azaka hops quite a bit, mm -hmm. and I like the way that they lend themselves to this beer. Uh, it's a New England IPA that is definitely dry and bitter and not sweet. Really at all. I mean, it's a little sweet up front, but it finishes dry and bitter, which I really like. Yeah, I do. I also appreciate that on a, on a New England. Like you do have that sort of, sort of, um, yeah, like a clean finish on the back end. I don't, I'd push back a little bit on you saying it's not sweet. Like it's clearly not a West Coast IPA, uh, which would definitely be like not sweet at all, super bitter. But I, I think if I could agree with you a little bit is that it's like, it's super balanced. There is sort of like a, yeah, softness was a nice word that they went with. Like, um, and I think not just a soft body, like all the way around, it's a soft sort of easy drinking beer that is sweet, but doesn't leave you sort of, um, like salivating over something that's like too cloying. It, it ends mm -hmm. really nicely. And there is clearly some hot presence by the end of it. Yeah. And for me, actually the Azaka is not, I had a second drink. Um, the Azaka is not necessarily the overpowering hop. Like I think there's a good amount of citra there, which balances out pretty nicely with some of those earthy tones that I don't always love in Azaka. 
Yeah. I I like That's it. That's fair. I like it too. I think the the bitterness in it almost it really walks a fine line and gets really close to being astringent oh that's Uh, fair but it does have a nice nice bitterness it's surprisingly hop forward for a new england ipa it's like really punchy bitter and hoppy which i was not expecting by looking at the beer or by seeing the name so uh, for me personally that's that's a big plus but if you're looking for what this style traditionally is when it's advertised, you're not going to get it in this. So I think this beer could actually probably disappoint a lot of people. Oh, that's an interesting take. Yeah, it probably could. Um, But yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked about this a lot over the, over the past uh, couple of years. Like I think it's a, it's a trickier line to toe when you're not just sort of hiding behind like blatant sweetness and you're, Mm -hmm. you, you try to create a balanced beverage that, that has the elements of a new England, but isn't, isn't necessarily a, sort of taking taking the easiest road by just covering up a lot of the hop qualities that a lot of a lot of New England beers tend to do. Yeah, exactly. Usually you lose a ton of the hops whereas I think this one is they're really showcased more than most New England IPAs I've ever had, which I like. I like that in a New England IPA. I like the IPA part of that name. Totally. So. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about the can a little bit? Yeah, the can's really cool. I love the can. Is that do you think that's El Capitan from Yosemite? Yeah, I think so, because you can tell because of the waterfall, right? Oh, I don't actually... Is there a waterfall in this? Oh, that's a waterfall. I see it over there. I thought yeah. El Capitan was the one on the left, but I don't know. I've never... Uh, maybe once I've been to Yosemite, which is another thing. If you are from the Central Valley, uh, like me, you should have been to uh, Yosemite a lot more. But Fresno is about an hour and 15 minutes. Um, so I wanted to circle back around to what you said in the beginning, because they even say it on their can. They say, uh, 1% for the planet, which is great, because they put a lot of a lot of money, it sounds like, into sort of upkeep of, you know, probably in their case, Yosemite mostly, but, but nature and like trying to get out there and like do stuff to make Mm -hmm. things better. I love that just as a general blanket statement, like do stuff to make things less shitty. It's a great perspective to have. That's going to be like your motto now. Just do (laughs) things to make stuff better. Just, just do, just leave things better. I mean, that's like a, a, a park sort of philosophies like leave leave it better than you found it you know totally it kind of seems like their their approach as a brewery which I, I respect that's great yeah i mean that's having a platform and using it some people might totally. say keep your politics out of my beer i say leave them in there and mix them in i like it yeah they even say on their can pack it in pack it out there's a little picture of a, of a camping backpack they're they're i feel like they're very much about sustainability and, and the planet which is you know it's a great thing yeah i don't know who's I'm like, who's saying that's a terrible idea but i'm sure some people are exactly I i'm liking I'm liking what they're putting down. Okay. More about this beer, or do you think you're ready to rate it? Uh, I don't think we have said anything that we... Um, did you, mm, that sentence fell apart. Sorry. Uh, I think we've said everything we yeah. need to say. Yeah. That's that's the thought that was trying to escape my mouth. Um, yeah. Do you want to rate it? Yeah. I think I just... I think I, that was my third or fourth drink, and I, I am ready to rate it. Um, I need to fully formulate my number, but I'm close. Do you have a number ready? Uh, yeah, this beer feels like a 7.1 for me. Oh, you bastard. I went seven flat. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I try to do this thing. We, uh, if anybody wants a little peek behind the curtain, we share a Google doc when we do these episodes and, and I try to wait till the very last second to put down my rating so that I don't bias him and, and same with the other way around. But every now and again, we'll just almost line up to a T and I, I love and hate when that happens. It's not that, you know, yeah. we, we just agree on stuff, which is fine. Yeah, I th- well, I think, I mean, your beer palette has developed massively. I mean, as has mine. Like, I was Fair. at a different place than you when we started. Yeah. 
But from point A to point B of when we started till now, like you've grown as a beer consumer and reviewer immensely. Thanks, and I've been with you right there every step of the way. And like we've been doing a ton of learning together on the yeah, fly. So yeah. it's really not surprising that our reviews line up. I think you've gotten really good at objectively like looking at if a beer is good or not. Sure. Um, and sure. then what separates our scores mainly is just personal preference. I was going to say that. Yeah. Like our, our biggest disagreements are when it's a style that, that you like that I don't or vice versa. And it's like, I don't, you know, and I can still be like, yeah, it's probably made well. I just think it's gross. Yeah. But that's the best though. And those, those type of beers make for the best conversations. For but, sure. Yeah. Uh, also it's nice that, yeah, we're pretty, I mean, for a while there, you were not on the same page with like, no, this is really like not a good beer. <laughs> You know, yeah, probably. I, I remember some of those early episodes where I was like, um, okay, like, <laughs> yeah, like, because like, where are you supposed to go with that? Like, you're wrong. And I'm like, no, I'm not, like, yeah, you know, I got you <laughs> exactly. Though. But yeah, it's been fun, it's been fun progressing and trying all these new beers with you. Not to get sentimental, I was gonna say, like, putting out this episode uh last week, I feel like we both like almost fallen into a groove of nostalgia. Well, I mean that, and like I really did miss doing this. Same. When we don't do it every week, I was like, I miss talking about beer with my friend. Like yeah. this is yeah. a highlight yeah. of my week. I look yeah. forward to it, and I don't consume craft beer nearly as much as I used to because any cool new thing, I'm never like, I'm gonna get this and drink it. I'm like, I'm gonna get two of them yeah. so we can do it on the show. <laughs> so, For sure, yeah. yeah. I've it. almost trained myself to be like, uh, this is a treat, but it's to be shared. You yeah, hundred percent. But that's how craft beer should be anyway. So. All, All right. that to say, good rating. Yeah, so 7.1 for you, 7 for me. Again, that's Valley Haze, our first offering from Tiago Sequoia today. I say we put this sweet, tasty, delicious, hazy beer to bed for now and play a trailer for the new film from Sofia Coppola called On the Rocks. If you haven't heard the show before, uh, we'll give you a heads up before we start spoiling it. So if you haven't seen it yet, it's on uh, Apple TV+, Plus, so you might not have. Uh, don't worry about spoilers. We're going to play you a trailer and come right back and talk about it. Hi, Dad. Hey, kiddo. Oh my gosh, do you look beautiful. Cliff, how's your mom's hip? Good, thanks. Good. He thinks you're my girlfriend. Grace. Been busy? Yeah. Dean's traveling with clients all the time, and I'm just the buzzkill waiting to schedule things. Just, I'm so stuck. So Dean's going away a lot, huh? On business trips? Dad. Raise your hand if that sounds fishy. He's not like you. He's a good guy, a great dad. Sure, it's nature. Males are forced to fight, to dominate, and to impregnate all females. Maybe he's just not interested in me anymore. Impossible. A woman is at her most beautiful between the ages of 35 and 39. Great, so I have many months left. Felix, you're back in town. Been busy? Yeah. Got a lot going on. Do you? He should be worshiping the ground you walk on. And if he's doing something dishonorable, you need to know. What if Dean's just busy? I'm in a rut. That's it. I think we should follow him. What? I think you better see him in action. This is your idea of incognito? Here's the plaza. This is the place to have an affair. It has the most exits. Exits on three streets. Can you just act a little less excited about this? Because this is my life. Oh. It might be falling apart. I don't know why women get plastic surgery. Because of men like you. Mm -mm. I prefer the factory original. <laughs> yeah, and every other make and model. 
Thank you. I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> Are there two? Oh, scared me. Again, that was a trailer for On the Rocks. I'm lifting this synopsis from somewhere on the internet, probably like Fandango. But Fandango says, this is the story of a young mother played by Rashida Jones who reconnects with her larger-than-life playboy father, Bill Murray, on an adventure through New York. In this comedy about aging, marriage, and the tenuous bond between parents and grown children, New York author and married mother of two, Laura, again, Rashida Jones, has become suspicious that her career-driven husband, Dean, played by Marlon Wayans here, May he be having an affair with a coworker, a speculation encouraged by her caddish, bon vivant father, again, Bill Murray. Uh, Johnny Summers, written and directed by, I think I've named the only people that uh, really come up in any conversational way. So maybe just tell me who it was written and directed by uh, and some release information. That'd be great. Yeah, it was written and directed by Sofia Coppola. Uh, she's famous for the movies you just mentioned. Uh, and also, this was released and it premiered at the New York Film Festival in late September and after a short theatrical run where it was distributed by A24, made its way to Apple TV+. And this movie is 96 minutes long. In case um, people missed me saying those movies or I did not say them in the first place, those movies that she has written and directed or at the very least directed were The Virgin Suicides in 1999, then Lost in Translation, also with Bill Murray in 2003, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that. I actually haven't seen it, but Johnny has. And then she, the last thing that I've seen from Coppola was The Bling Ring in 2013, uh, which was her first time pairing up, but not the last, with film distribution company A24. Uh, and that will come up for this as well in a couple minutes. But first, what do you think of this, Johnny? I think this was uh, your suggestion a couple weeks ago when you decided to um, put it on the roster. Um, I knew you were excited about it. I'd heard a little bit about it. Um, but obviously didn't have the familiarity with with Coppola and uh, Bill Murray, which I think was a pretty strong factor in you wanting to watch this. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I really, 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 really liked Lost in Translation. Um, and I loved the way it was written more specifically, also directed. Uh, Sofia Coppola has amazing vision. And I think her writing is just really personal and believable and cohesive and just really enjoyable to watch on screen. So I was super excited because I'm a huge Bill Murray fan, like you said, him pairing with Sofia Coppola yeah. again. But then also Rashida Jones, who has been absolutely one of my favorites mm. since Parks and Rec. Mm -hmm. Like, she's just amazing, and I've seen her in some other stuff. And I know you really liked some of her work with, uh, I believe it was Hot Girls Wanted. Man, yeah, she's super active about... Um, yeah, like the exploitation and, and inequality of women in American society, particularly in that case, as it pertains to like adult film, it's it's really a, it sheds a really gross light on. Uh, I guess nobody's blind to the idea that people are exploited in porn, but yeah, yeah, she's she's great. She's super active in in human rights and, and women's rights specifically. So yes, yeah, and she's I love her as an actress. She's just super expressive and yeah, like very believable as a person. You know, some people you see on film and you're like. There's no way they would ever say that. Or like Bill Murray? <laughs> yeah, right? In everything, um, but he is like yeah. that, so it's like, I don't, I don't know. Exactly. But yeah. for me, Rashida Jones as Laura Keene was just super believable, and I really loved that. She's such an endearing actress. I was just immediately drawn to her in this. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. So yeah, it was my idea to watch it, and I'm happy we did. Yeah, me too, man. I was, again, like it's available on Apple TV+, and I think exclusively there. Um, so it's not so far been seen by a ton of people. Like you mentioned, there was a, a small theatrical run back um, when theaters were kind of open. We're back to them not being open in uh, California, which is a bummer, but is what it is. 
Mm-hmm. But the most people that have seen this have probably been through Apple TV Plus, um, and myself included. It was it was something that I was, I don't know, man. Like I didn't have a really good radar for this kind of stuff. The Bling Ring, the the film that I had seen. I mean, I'd, I'd seen The Virgin Suicides too, but The Bling Ring is is not anything like this movie. It's it's not like a lot of her work. Um, this is On the Rocks is much more of a sort of day to day kind of midlife crisis kind of movie slash mm-hmm. yeah, like reconnecting with your father who is charismatic as hell, very magnetic, but also a, a pretty problematic figure. Um, yeah. So for me, the, yeah, this movie turned into more of a, a character exploration between well, of the two of them, but also, you know, of, of like parenthood and like having a child and loneliness and, and finding meaning in life when you feel like all of your meaning has been relegated to, in this case, like her children. And she's sort of a vessel for, I don't know, her routine and just trying to survive and find any joy in life. Um, yeah, and then just the fact that her career had taken such a backseat to, yeah. to life too was was a pretty big through line. Yeah, man, there's something something um, resonated with me about like I, I'm a person that's very much I, I love the idea of working. Um, I, I like that I for what when I when times are normal and I I play music for a living like I have to hustle and like I got to go out and get gigs and I got to be hungry and make it happen. Um, and, and my wife, Gianna is not necessarily that way. She, she's much more of like a homebody and likes things in order and, and doing things in a certain way every day uh, for days on end. She loves, she loves routine. And when I saw that on screen between these two characters, like Rashida Jones granted is not as happy with her routine, but Marlon Wayne's character, Dean is like all, he's like, he's like a, well, like a partner of a large sort of tech, like very hip upstart kind of company, right? Like they talk about trending and you know, um, social media stuff quite a bit. Like the excitement in his voice is something that I've heard in myself before. And I Mm -hmm. haven't really considered the fact that if people aren't into that, it might be kind of a shitty thing to have to listen to. (laughs) So for me, I was like, Oh, like that's a new perspective, certainly. And and that was kind of my first reaction to sort of the dynamic of, of uh, Laura and Dean at the very least. Hmm. Interesting. What was your reaction to Bill Murray's character, Felix, the the playboy philanthropist? Apparently knows everybody in town. Like he's been around the block several times in a very cool little red convertible. Um, yeah. I mean, how did you react to him at first, and or or maybe in general? Well, I want to take it back to kind of our usual format and just tell you what I thought of this movie overall. Okay, sure. Because I think we're kind of getting all over the place. I want to rein it in, and I'm not usually the one for structure, but fair I enough. Have thoughts somewhat in order. It's very. That's, um, I got to point out how ironic that is that I was just talking about how much I don't do the structure thing, and then you're the one that's like, "Come on, structure, yeah. structure." <laughs> you like, and Gianna, hey, hey. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Give me it. Go. Hey. hey. Um. So okay. Uh, expectations. I went into this expecting something very similar, hopefully, in an original way to Lost in Translation. And what I found was a movie that was like Lost in Translation and most of Sofia Coppola's other work, very relationship-driven mm-hmm. and very interpersonal connection-driven, usually by, in this case, Bill Murray and another character. And just like in Lost in Translation, same thing. We had Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson as these two strangers meeting at a bar in Japan, just the wildest situation. Mm. Um, so those, that movie and this movie were both driven by the same kind of mechanism, but in different circumstance. And I really like 
the the mechanisms that drive this movie and the plot that that pushes it forward and the relationships and learning about each other that that drives this movie forward i really really was fascinated by by these two people's relationship this father daughter relationship that was just so tumultuous and filled with like resentment and chaos and love and hate and just like any seemingly any parental relationship anymore it's a mixed bag i mean it's not all good it's not all bad hopefully for you can i ask for Uh, a couple sorry i thought you were done keep going oh no so i really liked this movie for that i liked the direction that it went Uh, i thought that there were some fantastic scenes in this movie there was a car scene that i just adored there was a dinner scene with bill murray and rashida jones that i also just ate up like i could have watched a whole movie just of those two sitting there talking having dinner and like hashing their shit out so um i loved rashida jones in this counteracting this toxic masculinity presented by bill murray with this real like new york feminism yeah i found that that clash of characters was just Oh, I was just like a kid in a candy store. I was just sitting there eating popcorn like, oh, my God, yes. Give me more of this. It's fantastic because in so much of cinema history, you have this this unchecked male character that just runs rampant. Yeah. And there's like unchecked. There's never anyone to be the counterbalance to that. Who better than Rashida Jones's badass just being yep. like, uh, no, that's actually shitty. Yeah. And yeah. so – um, I didn't necessarily love everything about this movie, but as a whole, I really, really, really enjoyed this movie, and I think it's 100% worth a watch. Uh, it left me feeling good and entertained and happy. So that's my take on this movie. I think what struck me the most was, and I'm going to need a follow-up from you in a second here, but like, yeah, kind of what you're saying, like, largely in American cinema, you have these larger than life, like man characters who were just like, I travel the world and I drink, I drink Manhattan's shaken, not stirred on a beach in any random exotic country and then have sex with as many people as they want and drive cool cars and dress nicely. And like winks at a waitress and goes, what's up, sweetheart, let me get another beverage. And she loves it. Cause it's the movies, but that's not what happens. Um, and my problem is like for a minute there, I caught myself admiring that quality in Bill Murray. And it's like, having having that check from Rashida Jones's character is like oh yeah like that's not the world nor is it the world i want to exist um which sort of lends me to this question or leads me to this question like you mentioned Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray in Lost in Translation again have not seen but i'm hoping i can get some spoilers from you you mentioned they meet in a bar in Japan very mm-hmm. potentially unrealistic scenario but what happens next they get to know each other. It's Romantically? Like a movie. I can't say. I don't it's, care. You have to watch the movie. It's too good. You should okay. just watch well, the movie fair. and see how that relationship unfurls. Well, then I will do my best to frame this question, although it might not be relevant. Um, like, you have this, yeah, that character here in Bill Murray, and then you have the the, the re- realistic character with Rashida Jones. It's like, it's it's almost like this movie is about a fighting set of ideologies. And one is sort of the, um, going out of style kind of toxic man thing. And then there's also this woman who's just doing her best in day-to-day life. And like, this is what life is really like, which I think makes the weird suspicion love triangle of her husband all the more interesting. Cause it's like, you have Bill Murray who can only imagine 
that this guy is out there doing what Bill Murray thinks is the model for what a man should do. And Rashida Jones being like, no, like that's my husband. I'm not paranoid at all until you've like, you've fed this fire a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and, and then like the way that that plays out in the movie, and we're not spoiling it yet, obviously, but like that is where, um, cause for a minute I was like, why is, why do we even have Marlon Wayne's character in this? And I think mm-hmm. that by the end, it's like, no, he's, he's like the fulcrum that this whole thing pivots on ideologically speaking. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's great. So, um, to what you were saying, like, I also really liked this movie. It left me feeling happy. Um, but it also left me with a different, and this is comes back to our conversation the other day. You were like, what movies have changed your relationships? Like, this is a movie that, that will change my perspective on some, on some things, I think, mm-hmm. which I appreciate the heck out of in a movie. Like I want to question life. I want to consider things that I haven't considered before. Question um, everything. Sure. Why not? You know, people tell you a lot of stuff. You might as well ask why. Um, so I liked it a lot, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you suggested it. I'm super glad I watched it. I mentioned cool. earlier that um, this is kind of my last little bit of uh, sort of production information, but uh, Sofia Coppola has worked with A24, the production company, before um, back in 2013 with a bling ring. And like we've praised A24 quite a bit on this show. Um, mm-hmm. They've only been around since 2013, and they've distributed such movies as the bling ring, obviously. Um, Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. Um Last Black Man in San Francisco, Ex Machina, Moonlight, which won an Oscar a couple of years ago. They did Room with Brie Larson, uh, The Witch. I'm pretty sure they were behind uh, Green Room also. Like, I think there's like 100 and maybe not quite. I think they just hit 100 movies, but some really um, non-traditional artistic films that kind yeah. of go against the grain of mainstream cinema. Like the anti-superhero movie almost. Or yeah. comic movie, you know? Um so anyways, they've mostly been a production company until 2018. There was a deal announced between A24 and Apple. And there, like it was shrouded in a lot of mystery, but basically there was this partnership where Apple was going to hire basically A24 to produce all sorts of original content for them. And this was before Apple TV Plus had launched. And this movie, On the Rocks, was the first thing to come from that marriage. So it's Beautiful. the first thing that Apple and A24 were like, we're going to make a movie and we're going to trust A24 to put it together. And I think that's a great testament to this production company. Like, I'm, I'm glad I have a phone case, A24 printed on it. Like, it's just mm-hmm. another another home run in, in my mind. And, like, what uh, royalty of cinema history to hang your hat on as a production company, given the reins to produce an original movie, you know? Okay, we're going to get Sofia Coppola, Bill Murray, and uh, Rashida Jones. Like, Yeah, and then and have it just, bankrolled by Apple. Yeah, like... That's a really good combination for more independent type cinema to exist. Totally, and It's good people making good decisions and hiring good people to direct it and act in it. Like over, I mean, this is just, this was made of good decisions. hundred percent. Yeah, man. I'm yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. Uh, conceptually in the real world ramifications of this, I'm very about it. Also in the cinematic sense, great film. Um, would you like to rate it and then move into spoilers? Yes, let's do that. Uh, also, before we sit, move on, yeah. uh, and I'm going to rate this, but I'm going to start with this. If you like this movie and you've never seen The Lost in Translation, or in, wow, if you've never seen Lost in Translation, yeah, you are doing yourself a disservice. Oh, uh, I loved this movie, but um, Lost in Translation was a superior film. Okay, good to know. So, yeah, everything about both of them was fantastic. Um, but yeah, check them both out for sure. Yeah, so, I'll watch it. Yeah. All right. And now on to rate on the rocks for me. 
Uh, I pretty much got everything I expected and then some. It, Like I said, it was heartwarming and it was endearing and it was um, there was some really scathing conversations that happened and yeah. it was just so real and visceral and cool. Uh, I don't know. This movie just had like a cool factor, like not just sure. Bill Murray, sure. just overall. It felt like a cool movie. Uh, so for me, this movie's like a like a eight point six. Eight. That's very good rating, man. Yeah, eight point six. Okay, I'm jotting that down. Um, yeah, super agree on the cool factor. Um, there's some stuff I'll talk about in in spoiler talk here, but for me, it's a it's an eight, and I'll explain why in a minute. But it's a it's a really good movie, man. Great performances across the board. Some great real world implications, um, and 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 some shortcomings, I think. But again, don't want to spoil it now. But yeah, eight point six for you, eight for me. Uh, on the rocks. Here we are. Would you like to move into spoilers? Yeah, hit that danger zone sound. Okay. Danger zone. Okay, here we are. We're going to spoil on the rocks. Again, if you haven't seen it, it's on Apple TV Plus. Go watch it and, and then just pick up this podcast after you finish the movie. Or don't. It's up to you. But I think it's worth a watch. So I think like this movie is framed eventually sort of around the central mystery of is Dean cheating on uh, Laura with his what his boss maybe like the, his partner? There was, she was his, like in his uh, partner, assistant, business partner. Yeah, his coworker. I feel like I don't know like the hip lingo for for technological upstarts. Like I'm sure it's like czar of technology, whatever her name yeah. is. Um, right. He's not. That's a big part of this, and yeah. that's the first time. Like they they take this trip to Mexico, right? Like he's he's going on not it's basically a vacation it sounds like at least we think that as the audience and he doesn't necessarily tell uh, dean doesn't tell laura about it until it's booked it's like oh i gotta go travel for work he travels for work a lot mm-hmm. it's kind of the, like we're all like that's a red flag yeah this movie does a really good job of getting us into the paranoid mindset of bill murray yeah um, but then, then it, you start seeing things and you're like oh, oh shit evidence. maybe he yeah. is cheating maybe yeah he man. is um, oh god that's a red flag so they follow him to mexico basically which, yeah. if you had started the movie and Bill Murray was like, let's go to Mexico to follow your husband, Rashida Jones would be like, no. But it, it escalates over time. And then we finally go, he's not cheating on her. He's back home. He went home to surprise her. Um, and then that's when we kind of have one of the big explosions between her and uh, Bill Murray. It's just like, just because you like ruined your life. He cheated on her mom, by the way, if that's not, uh, if that needs to be said. That definitely yeah. happened. Um, like, not everybody is you, basically. And not every man should be you. I think that's mm-hmm. a really powerful conversation that happens. I really like that. Yeah, me too. Um, but I think that's, I kind of wanted to get the rest of the plot out, which is mostly that, but um, where would you like to go in terms of yeah, spoiling I mean, stuff? Uh, I thought it was interesting. Some of the red flags that like Bill Murray pointed out that turned out to be like nothing. Like she went to Cartier and then there was no gift yeah. for her on her birthday. And it turns out it was cause she, he was getting it engraved and he's just a baller. Like, yeah, totally. You know, and then like the one thing I thought was really, um, I don't know what the word would be. It was just interesting that like mm-hmm. he made just kind of a bad decision as far as like where to take her on her birthday. Oh, like, her husband, Dean. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah, just not like the most intimate. Like her, oh, her dad, man. her dad took her to like I a know. much like cooler, hipper place, and it's like you know the dude's trying, but like the birthday just, cake scene was so. Oh, awkward man but also like like in retrospect you're like he literally just like you don't like this stuff so i didn't do it i didn't know yeah but in the moment yeah. you're just like oh it's like when when it's like in spider-man or any teen movie where like the hot girl waves to the nerd and then he waves back but it's actually like the jock behind him yeah oh man always gets me. yeah there was definitely some cringe there but yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting dive into like that, like you said, that paranoid mindset, and then just going balls deep into it and being like in that little red car, dressed up like spies with binoculars I know, I know. and caviar, like, like full on like living out James Bond fantasies. Totally. It was it was yeah. so silly. Um, but yeah, it, like I liked the way it culminated, and you know, it, real conversations led to more real conversations, and yeah, um, you know, just. Sometimes you have to have real conversations to get out of a rut or you don't get what you ask for unless you open your mouth and ask for it. So like, totally. I don't know. I think this movie maybe was about at its core communication. Open and honest communication makes a great relationship. That's what people yeah. tell me. That's what I've heard. Even, I also you pay know, them. So maybe that's why yeah. they tell me that. Fair. No, if you were paying them, they'd be like, "You're fine. You're good the way you are. You don't need to work on yourself." Yeah, I don't think that's. What you know what, Max? Do. You should drink. You should drink more. <laughs> um. So. So. Like on one hand, we were, we were talking about sort of the the personality differences between Felix and his daughter Laura, um, which is interesting. But I think the the thing that makes it a little bit different than what I've heard from Lost in Translation, who are two strangers in that case, um, it's a, it's a father and daughter, so you have that aspect as well. And it's troubling that he's sort of using his warped idea of what I guess a man should be, but also a father and, and like putting that against her very realistic um, perspective of the world. Yeah. Um, And he never really cracks that facade of like the confident playboy dad thing where he's always flirting in front of women in front of her, which is clearly uncomfortable, but it's like kind of charming, I guess, but maybe it's not. Um, The, the thing is like, the the one time that I remember him him cracking is when she kind of turns him down. She's like, "No, I look, I gotta go inside. I can't. This is not. My, I've got kids. Like, I gotta do stuff." And he's like, "Okay." He gives her that, and he leaves. And he has a driver, and he gets in the car, and like immediately flips a switch. The driver's like, "Where to next, Felix, Mister Keen?" Mm-hmm. And in the most dejected, sad, lonely old man, he just goes, "Let's just go home." And in that mm-hmm. moment, my heart shattered. I think that's a testament to Bill Murray in general. Like he's so good at portraying this really confident sort of cavalier dude that you forget that he is just a dad wanting to spend time with his daughter. Yeah. And like, you have to think about his perspective. Like people, like fathers that behave that way. Didn't have good dads. No. And that's, he's probably yeah. a way better dad than his dad was. And he's yeah. just, he's just doing his best. Yeah. Just like her husband, Dean. Yeah. Shitty restaurant. He's doing his best. He's doing his best. He's trying to be, yeah. And like, he's building a career and like, you know what I'm saying? Like apartments in New York are like $4,000 a month. Like you got to hustle and he's out there hustling and doing something with his life. And I loved the, what he said at the end, like, you know, he was doing all that work to be good enough for her. No, man. And it's just like, oof, the perspectives, like, Yeah. Just that, that woe back to reality, real world. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dude. And then the other thing, the other layer to Rashida Jones sort of um, rejection is that she's an author, right? And she's having, she's having a bit of writer's block and she's in a rut. And, and as somebody who, who has been in terms of songwriting, like in that rut, there's almost nothing worse than watching somebody around you be like, oh, I'm feeling so creative. I'm making great things. And you're just like, well, I have uh, scratched out a lot of stuff on paper and I threw it away and burned it. I'm glad you're having mm-hmm. a good day. Like you just feel like you've got nothing going. So it's yeah, easy it's to like difference. reach for any reality. Like, well, I guess he's cheating on me. That makes more sense than, than, than 
any of the alternatives that are worse, uh, harder pills to swallow. Exactly. This Ugh. like the pill of like you're in a rut while your partner is on the rise. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's tough, man. It, it all comes from insecurity, probably. Um, and lack of communication. And lack of communication. There's a there's a great scene in in New Girl. Remind me if you even like New Girl. Me. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene between uh, Nick and Jess, and she has just gotten fired, and she's lounging around for a couple weeks doing nothing. And he gives her kind of like that tough love talk. Where he's like, "Look, you got you got knocked down, and you just you got to get back up." Mm-hmm. Problem is that doesn't work for everybody. But that for me, those kinds of scenes, which is kind of what happens in this movie, like those are the ones that motivate me to be like, "Oh yeah, like there's 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 a light at the end of the tunnel. Like this is gonna be better. Just just do a thing and and start moving." Yeah, exactly. Love that. Yeah, me too, man. I love the 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 way this movie rolled and it executed that communication and just the relationships is so yeah. good. It makes, it really does make me want to watch lost in translation again. Yeah. It makes me want to watch it for the first time. So fair enough. Yeah. You really need to do that. Um, on that note, are you good if we jump to a break or do you have anything else to say about this movie? No, I think I'm good, man. Let's, let's, let's give it a rest and let's uh, move on and do some more beers. Sounds great. We will be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, the Handlebar, as you know, is located right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street, and they have a happy hour seven days a week. From 2 to 6 p.m., you get a dollar off all of their draft beers. They also have an amazing food menu. You can eat it there on the patio. You can take it to go, whatever you'd like. They're a great local business that supports this podcast. Again, Handlebar Chico right here at 2070 East 20th Street on the south end of town. Go check them out. And we're back. Beer number two, Diego Sequoia. Fresno, California. I believe one of their flagship IPAs. I know it's probably the first beer I ever had from them. Um, Johnny Summers, tell me more about this beer. Yeah, this 100% is their flagship IPA. General Sherman IPA is, you guessed it, an IPA. It's (laughs) 7.5% ABV, uh, and it is rocking 70 IBUs. So this is a bitter, bitter boy. Uh, The General Sherman tree in Sequoia National Park is the largest living tree on Earth. Our General Sherman IPA was crafted to embody the beauty and grandeur of this great sequoia. Sherman is a true West Coast IPA brewed with Simcoe, Mosaic, and Citra hops from start to finish. Our IPA stands tall with its dry, floral, and citrus-like flavor and aroma. Like its namesake, there is no equal. That is General Sherman IPA from Tioga Sequoia. Now available at a bottle shop near you. Yeah, She's, she's a gorgeous beer, this one. Much, much more in line with what you'd expect when you list those hops. Like, yeah, it's a clear, fairly, fairly carbonated IPA. It's very, oh, very bright, very light, very mellow. Um, yeah, it makes sense why this is their sort of go-to and, and their their uh, their Trojan horse, which is not, I don't think, the proper way to use that historical analogy, but I'm going to stick with it because it's our second <laughs> no. beer. Again, it's, it, hang on, maybe, maybe it sneaks up on you late in, in the show in this case, and then... Out of the glass jump a bunch of Greeks in the form of Mosaic, Citra, and Simcoe. Were they Why even they Greeks Gre- that – I can't remember who, who was fighting in that war. Uh, somebody versus the Trojans. <laughs> sure. Yeah, versus yeah. the Romans, I, I don't know. It wasn't the Romans. It was in like the Greek peninsula. Think of the movie Troy. Oh, I don't know. It was Brad Pitt <laughs> versus Eric Bana, oh, obviously. Man, what a brutal fight that was. Yeah, dude. Drags his body like a damn animal. 
Uh, there was some crazy stories about that fight too. Like they had like a monetary bet going where like every time one of them hurt the other one, they'd have to give them like a hundred dollars. That's disgusting. What an awful society. Well, no, I mean, it was, uh, in that filming the movie. Oh yeah. What an awful society. (laughs) Yeah. Brad Pitt. Now I'm like, what? Why are you hating on Brad Pitt? No. When Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, cause they like did their own fights in that movie. And like, if anyone like slipped and like actually like punched each other or like, you know, hurt each other. Yeah. I'll, I'll look that up. It was a funny story. I read Great. while you're at it. Let me know who, uh, who was fighting who, but, uh, my point is my analogy there went off the rails. That's uh, fine. All I was this trying is to not, say is this is a good beer that surprised me. And that's why this is a drinking podcast and yeah. not a history podcast. Children. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be drunk history is what that's been invented. Sorry. never mind. Or history. Hyenas. Hyenas. History. Hyenas. Are you saying hyenas? Hyenas. What is that word that you're saying? <laughs> History hyenas. Spell it. Hyenas. You're just saying it again. You're H-Y-E-N-A-S. saying hyenas. Yeah. H y e n a s. H hi yeah. H y e n a s. Hyenas. 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 You're saying that would be the name of a podcast where we drink and talk about history. No, that is the name of a history podcast that I've listen to oh that's what you should have started with instead of just saying history hyenas seven well times. you said a history thing and then i said a history i just thing. said it's they already doing drunk history so and history hyenas <laughs> it's uh it's an yeah. east coast podcast that max sure. would absolutely absolutely hate okay so if that sounds like you would like it because i like it yeah. you should check it out yeah, it's okay. hilarious it's it's two very uh brash uh cutting comedians talking about history are they? It doesn't matter. I'll look it up. I actually won't look it up. You've told me I won't like it, so no, you would hate it. Somebody else look you. it up if you want. I get that. Yeah, it's it's not for you. I'm gonna try this. Great. I'm gonna try this one more time. This beer though is for me. <laughs> I really like this <laughs> yes. beer. Yes, it is. <laughs> look who's doing structure now. Me. Have you ever seen this tree? Uh, no, I actually didn't know that it was the largest on Earth. I've also never been to Sequoia National Park. Uh, okay. Not even sure where it is. I'm sure our production assistant can find out. Um, I'm sure, but. That's great. Like it, it comes back to their theme of, of sort of definitely national parks and taking care of the earth and caring about stuff. That should be this. Yeah. It should be this own care, care about stuff or make stuff better. Um, but no general Sherman, the tree, if it's anything like this beer, I'm sure it's a wonder to behold. Maybe, yeah. maybe it would taste good if you licked it. I don't know. I don't think that's you probably shouldn't it, lick it. Maybe man. the sap tastes good. Maybe. What are your, uh, what are your initial reactions to this beer? Uh, this beer rips. Yeah. It's so good. It's real good. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. It's incredibly bitter. It's very dry. It's like the most West Coast IPA. Oh, I'm not going that uh, far. Okay. Like, it's it's really, it, I mean, it's like very true to form. Like, when you think West Coast IPA, this is this is right in line with that. No, this comes back to what we were saying. Like This, this is true to form for new West Coast IPAs. Um, yeah. A la... Uh, blanking on all these right now, but um, the, yeah, the new glories of the world, the, sure, uh, the urban roots, the, the El Segundo beer that we like, and slice. We talked about that slice regarding is a great slice. Example. Sure, yeah. What, what does he like just do though? In the past, uh, obviously not last week, but maybe a couple oh, of weeks. Oh, the uh, the um, um, oh, hops and crowns, hops and crowns, the elevated cipher. Yeah, it's it's more in yeah. line with with the new tradition of West Coast IPAs, which is to say, the the really drinkable, not so like, um, tongue puckery kind of acidity and bitterness like this is very clean and light and also bitter but but i think that if 
a person now getting into craft beer discovered this, and this was sort of their standard for an IPA, it's much more approachable than than an arrogant bastard. Yeah. Or uh, I think you, know, you should revisit Arrogant Bastard too, because I did. I drank one. The, no, I, I drank did. one the other day, and it was so mellow. I was like, "Oh, really? oh this is yeah." That's funny. Like, you say that. No, I had one uh, about like a, maybe a month ago. I think I talked about it on the show. I saw it in a stovepipe can of nineteen two, um, and mm-hmm. I didn't even finish it. Man, it was too malty for me. It was just like ugh, it's so heavy and it's heavy and <sighs> malty and sweet, but it's not as bitter as I remembered it. Oh no, it was terribly bitter for me. But okay, fair enough. Different different palates for different folks it's like i had a, a sierra nevada pale ale the other day and it tasted like water really yeah i was like what is there beer in this like what it's i think just your, weird, your mouth man. is miscalibrated sir no. those are both pretty intense flavors yeah but it's i mean pale ale is still it's just so approachable pale ale is like the coors light of craft beer the you're high no it is not no yeah, man. It's, it's so aggressive with the, the the um the centennial hop thing like it's not pale, no pale ale the, not torp, not torpedo. No, I know. Pale ale. No way. I say no way for me. I respect our ability to have different opinions, but no, I I can't drink more than like, well, depending on the night, I suppose. But like on a normal night, like three of those, and I'm like, that's heavy. That's enough heavy beer for me. I could drink. I don't know if this comes in a four pack, but I'm sure it probably does somewhere. Like I could drink all four of those General Sherman IPAs and be like. I've I've barely had a glass of champagne. This is so light, and which is crazy because it's seven and a half percent, which is incredibly dangerous. Mm-hmm. But no, I think yeah, I think some of the more traditional sort of craft beers that have been around for a few decades are are way heavier by design because that's kind of where it started. I yeah. Think. Yes and no. I mean, flavor just flavor wise and palate wise, like I'm used to drinking heavier IPAs and pale ales that are super hoppy. So like like what having. IPAs that are hoppier than pale ale, or like all heavy, of them? you're saying like heavier IPAs and pale ales, like like we've named I said a bunch hoppier, of light ones. hoppier, hoppier, hoppier. Fine, I didn't okay. say heavier. Sorry, hoppier. Never yeah. said hoppier. Right. Never said heavier. Um, that like just I'm not saying heaviness. I'm saying just flavor and hop and bitter. Like overall, that like pale ale is one okay. of the easiest yeah. drinking craft beers in the world. I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess we're saying two different things. So yeah, it's not it's not the most. Yeah, it's thing. it's heavy as shit. I'm not going to argue yeah, you there. Yeah. But it goes down like like ice cold. You can pound that beer like Coors Light. It's just – it's like so plain almost. Like it's just – it's subtle. It's not – it's just a little malty, a little hoppy. It's it's not as – like when it's like your first pale ale, you're like, whoa. Now <laughs> it's like I could just pound this whole can. See, I feel like um, on the pound <laughs> – the scale of poundability for me is so much about <laughs> about, ma- about mouthfeel and about uh, about body. This is all could be misconstrued as as so inappropriate, but like the, the hot presence is not necessarily what <laughs> turns me on or off for a poundable beverage. You know, like this beer that we're drinking now is way more poundable to me than a than a pale ale for sure, or basically anything from Sierra Nevada. Like, really, it's just it's the heaviness of those beers that make them difficult to drink a lot of for me this one i like i agree with you it's super bitter but it's also really light and and really it's very it makes me feel like i'm floating when i drink it and that one makes me feel like i'm sinking paleo does all right i was gonna say it before and i'm definitely gonna say it now i'm pretty sure you're just soft i am not soft i'm the hardest boy there ever was you just said this beer makes you feel like you're floating yeah you can float and still be a dynamite hard boy in the streets that's what i am you'll see me you just You'll see me walking. You're like, he's hard. 
<laughs> you know. I can't take you seriously. I know. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I love of course, you so of course. Much. Look, man, I like yeah, I'm not yeah, of course I am. This is not news. It's can you fine. pick a different word than soft so that I can get a synonym? Like what exactly are you saying? I think I know, but I want to be positive. Um I don't well, I don't know. It's not like a personality that you have a flaw with. It's just uh, our tolerance for maybe pers- apparently heavier beers is is not on the same planet. Are you saying I have a I soft palate or that I'm a soft human? Because I would say I'm a soft human, but I have a decent palate. More like soft tummy? I don't know. Because like <laughs> I could drink, like I could literally shotgun a can of pale ale and it wouldn't bother me that much. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't strike no, me you, as heavy. You're right. I can't do that. And it's also kind of a recent development, like over the past maybe year, not maybe not even a year. Um, like beers have just been sitting a little bit differently. Like I don't like drinking a lot of beer. It just feels, it feels, I don't know, man, I feel bloated and, and like I can't move quickly enough, you know? Yeah. What do you, in case you need to like escape or like, what are you a ninja? I'm not sure. I like, I don't like <laughs> the idea that I'm weighed down. So, and, and it's probably, Bro. it's probably the invasion of the, of the hard seltzer, you know, that doesn't help. And also like, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. It's the large you, quantity of, of beers. Like it's always big. Like I, I prefer whiskey or, or something a little bit lighter. And that's, you know, that's a testament to me getting older and wiser. I think I'm moving away I mean, from beer and into scotch. I can't even talk shit. Cause like the last couple of bottle shares I've been to, I went to, I bought, like, or I brought a couple of really cool stouts that I wanted to try. And I drank maybe two ounces of them. Yeah. And I was making whiskey cocktails the rest of the night, I brought like a bottle of whiskey and some mixer. It's where it's at, dude. And I was like, I had a better time and my stomach didn't hurt as bad because when I, the last couple of times I've drank like 15 different stouts in a night, <laughs> the yeah. next day was yeah. tragic. It's called being a human being with a normal sized stomach. That's going to not go good for anybody. Yeah. No, it was also, a throwback this- to the classic No Doubt album. My life was a tragic kingdom. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. I actually don't I don't think I know that album as well as you do, obviously. Like I would never reference it, but okay. Well, yeah, it's fine. You know, the classics such as Don't Speak. Great song. Spiderwebs. Don't know Spiderwebs. Wow. How about uh how about Hella Good? That was much later. That was actually oh, was, wasn't that a yeah, that was much later. Oh. Huh. Into the 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 magical historical music canon that is no Gwen doubt. Stefani. Yeah, like yeah. Wow. I never thought we'd go into no doubt from General Sherman. I, you know, I didn't think a lot of this was going to happen off General Sherman. Like, I feel like we we cultivated this very professional sort of ideology on our conversation of the first beer, and they're if they're listening, they're like, "What happened on that break? What, like, what did they these, do? These fucking guys were they snorting drugs during <laughs> yeah. their second break? Good yeah. God! Well, that's all right. Who uh, cares? Uh, I I don't care. I love this beer. It's a great beer. Yeah, that's the point. Like, if we were talking shit about the beer, then I say, sure, be offended, but. We're saying great things that make us think about other great things. So, yeah. Thank you, General. I salute you. Uh, yeah, like a little peek behind the curtain. I like what you were saying about how the the trajectory of alcohol consumption on this show, like apexes <laughs> when we're done with the movie, because then all yeah. we have to yeah, do is know. talk about beer and be silly geese. Like. Yeah, from the like, handlebar commercial on is like yes. my favorite part of every podcast. Well, because yeah, what I you said peek behind the curtain. What I said to Johnny before we started again was like, where where I'm at in terms of like alcohol momentum is that um, I love to just feel a slight buzz by the end of yeah of the movie talk because like that's when I have to read the most facts and talk about sort of my most eloquent film theories and like by the time we get to the second beer, it's like let's talk about a beer. 
like we're all palling around and then we'll get to hot and bothered and just talk about what's going on in our life, which is great. There's definitely, a, there's really? definitely a feel change between the first and second half of the show. Oh yeah. It's, this is, this is my wheelhouse. Yeah. This is, yeah. But I, I kind of feel the same. Like during the movie, we have to like, I've had thoughts and I want to be Glenn Weldon when I grow up. So totally. I need to okay, like, fair enough. I, that's why I was like, I need my, my like moment. I have an essay written in my head. I'm yes. telling you my thoughts. Damn it. All right. Look, let's, we got to We just got to rate general Sherman. I think, do you have any more thoughts on this? It's really good, man. Like I'm super stoked that this can be just the IPA in my fridge now. I think yeah. that's the most exciting event or piece of news that's taken place in the last couple of days for me is that like, oh, I can just get this all the time now fresh what yes yeah. like yes this is amazing this is like getting el segundo or getting modern times finally like yeah like getting toppling goliath we just got distribution of toppling goliath and that is absurd that we could drive down to the corner store and get pseudo sue right now like Good don't beer. sleep on this beer buy it and appreciate it and support this brewery they're awesome and this beer is awesome and it's gonna live in my house now yeah fair Okay, so it sounds like you want to rate it. Uh, yeah, this beer is a, mm, it's a uh, 9.1. I just, fuck you, man. I just wrote 9. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I was second-guessing it when I punched it. I, I'm actually not sure if it's a 9 for me, but I, was, I wanted to write Why? it down before you said that something. Was your, that was your gut feeling. Don't, don't have a soft gut. I do have a soft gut. We've established this. Number two is that like it's a very good quality in a human to reevaluate your initial knee-jerk reactions. It means that you're open to new ideas and you can adapt and learn. So 9.1, tell me why it's above a nine, please. Uh because it feels like it. You don't like it. You don't like giving even numbers. You can also just say, I don't like giving even numbers. I think it's boring. I don't. They're rookie scores. I don't give even numbers. Okay. So you just it's basically like a nine-ish. That's what a nine point one is. Close, it's closer to nine than ten. Yeah, I'm sticking with a nine on mine. This, no, it's definitely where it's at. Like the the, yeah. the sneakiness of the ABV is great. Um, because again, like what we were just saying, like I do have a hard time now. I don't really like drinking, um, you know, maybe above like seven percent beers because they always or oftentimes feel very very heavy. So when I find one that is kind of in that alcohol wheelhouse and it feels as light as this one does, I'm like, this is mm. this is very tasty. It's like approachable and refreshing and just enjoyable. I also really love how the Simcoe and Mosaic interact with the Citra uh, as opposed to the uh, the Valley Haze where the Azaka was was doing something with the Citra that made it feel way heavier, even though it's almost an entire percentage point lower in alcohol. Like this one feels mm. lower to me or maybe it, it just feels lighter. And and that's Both. those are qualities that I really, really like. Um, since Since you asked, it's not a 10. Um, there's just a bit of, a bit of, I think by design of the beer and, and by what it is, like there is that sort of lingering bitterness. It doesn't quite end as clean as something a little bit lower in ABV might. Um, so for me, it's just a little bit too, um, bitter on the end, but that's, you know, it's a pretty, pretty specific knit to pick, but I, I will pick it nonetheless. That's fine. I'll take it. So that's where I'm at. General Sherman IPA, 9.1 for you. Nine for me. That will be the end of our discussion of Tiago Sequoia today. Grab them if you can. If you're in Chico, uh, Spikes Bottle Shop for sure. Any other reputable bottle shop if you're in uh, California, north of Fresno for sure. Probably a ways south. And let us know what you think. We gave you the laundry list of boring places to get a hold of us at the beginning of the show. Uh, so reach out. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. Yeah, get this beer, guys. It's, it's awesome.
Johnny Summers, it's been two weeks since we recorded. I assume a lot's gone on in your life. Have you been watching, listening to anything new? I have. I've got a TV show and an album to to pitch you. Which do you want first? Uh, I guess I want album first. Album first. All right. So the album is called Some Time Alone, and it's from a Swedish rock, like super uh, like stripped down rock duo called Pale Honey. Okay. Uh, they are quickly becoming uh, one of my favorite vibes to have oh. around the house. Cool. Uh, this album, I just love it. I found it. Uh, it came out, it dropped on iTunes within the last couple of weeks, and I checked it out, and I was just like, oh, oh, this is it. Like, okay. Such a cool vibe. Somewhere between, like, very, like, um, imagine if, like, Fantagram and Tegan and Sarah had an album baby. I don't know Fantagram. Okay. Very, it's just, it's cool, man. It's just got a cool factor. Okay. It's just got a good vibe. Like, uh, I just love it. It's super stripped down, like, indie rock. But, like, some of this newest album is a little bit more produced. Uh, The single... That is the self-titled, uh, self-titled. What would that be? The, the, uh, the song. The song yeah. that is the album's title. The what do they call that? Title track. The title track. Yeah. Thank you. Which uh, is what, title- by the way, people have been hearing this whole time. If you're wondering, the song underneath our buttery voices is "Sometime Alone." Yeah, it's just it's so good. It's yeah. just such a vibe, man. It's the only way I can describe it. It's just like this. It's not soft rock. It's just like. Much mellower than what I'm used to, totally. by and large. When you said uh, "pale also, honey," I was like, "Are you sure? Are you sure that's right?" It doesn't sound like your doesn't sound like Electric Wizard or Red Fang. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, man, they really do it for me. I really dig what these two ladies are recording, and uh, I think you should check them out. I think you'd probably like it. I'd like I, it. I already do. Yeah, this is like. Put this on. I put it on while I was cooking dinner, mm-hmm. and I was just rocking out and like started singing along with the chorus. And I was just like, "Yeah, man, this is cool. This is good. I like this. It's new. It's different from anything I'm hearing right now." So, check out uh, Pale Honey. Sometime alone. Do you say you have it on on vinyl? Uh, no, I got uh, it on iTunes. Oh, sweet. Okay, yeah, will do. Um, yeah, the L- the LP's on pre order, so I haven't gotten it yet. Sweet. How about uh, how about anything your eyes have been consuming as well as your ears? The- Yes, the TV show. Sure. I became massively obsessed with a show called Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet. This, on the other hand, does sound exactly like something you would watch. Yes. Yes, it does. So Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet was a show that was created by Charlie Day, Megan Gans, and Rob McElhenney. Do I know those people? Uh, Charlie Day and Rob McElhenney were the two creators of Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, So... Uh, Let me read just a brief description from IMDb. The owner of a successful video game design company and his troubled staff struggle to keep their hit game, Mythic Quest, on top. Uh, It is an Apple TV Plus original, and it is absolutely fantastic. It's all, it's this mixed bag of characters from, you know, everyone, like Rob McElhenney plays this, this creative director that's just insane, just narcissistic massive ego like puts himself in a video game like sure um and it's all centered around this this mmo online or that's redundant yeah but nobody everyone knows what that is that's true uh, it's uh mmo stands for mass multiplayer online uh video game so it's kind of like world of warcraft elder yeah. scrolls online um 
type game and it's all centered around this this production company that made the game and keeps the servers and the coding going and stuff so it's it's got a little bit of some some nerdy elements but it's a very approachable show if you're not like super deep into video games just because the the characters are really really funny if you like always sunny uh if you like shows like the first couple uh seasons of community uh one of the the guys in this movie or this series is actually from community uh it's what made me think of that it has just that really great ensemble comedy sitcom drive behind it okay uh, and it's super original there's never been a show about a video game production company before so i think they gave themselves a really cool and unique playground to operate in and the writing and the the humor i was dude i laughed out loud so much let me put it this way we watched the whole series in one night and how long is the series uh it's nine episodes with a bonus uh 10th episode called mythic quest quarantine that they did in may okay Uh, it was pretty cool it was pretty cool it was actually uh the bonus episode actually got deep and had some really really beautiful heartfelt moments that i wasn't expecting Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's how long it is and they're little 30 minute nuggets of delicious enjoyable tv cotton candy and i love it i think everyone should watch it i think i'm i'm gonna say that like if you don't have apple tv plus you should get it just to watch this show you got to tell people how much it costs it's only like five bucks a month it's like five bucks a month and i'm gonna brag because i just added you to my family which is a thing you can do um if you have if you i think it's you have to have an apple device but likely a lot of us do. Um, and you subscribe with your Apple ID and then you can add, I think up to five people to join your family. So I added, uh, obviously Gianna and then, and then you, I was like, Hey, here's an invitation. Now you can just download the Apple TV app on your smart TV and you have access to everything, yeah. which is great. Yeah. It's super easy. And, and, but even if you're not sharing, yeah, it's five, it's five bucks a month. I honestly, yeah, it's, and there's some really cool original content. I mean, it's got Apple money behind it. So they're, they're cranking out some high budget stuff. And this show like already was greenlit for season two. And honestly, like I said, this, this show would be worth it for me to get Apple TV and watch it. Plus they're putting out some cool movies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, so here's the question is like, you can also, by the way, get Apple TV plus for a week for free. Mm -hmm. So say you have a busy schedule and you can only watch on the rocks or Mythic Quest. Johnny, what do you think people should watch? Ooh. I don't mean to put you, you in this position, but I, one of yeah, them? you only have time in this scenario to watch one. Um, I would watch Mythic Quest because oh, it was shoot. like, you have like three or four times the amount of time of entertainment. And I think it was, they're both really quality entertainment. Yeah, you like, knew I was going to call you out on quality over quantity. <laughs> or yeah. Vice versa. Yeah. I think that they're both super quality. Right. I think the the depth of uh, conversation that you have after watching Mythic Quest isn't going to be quite up to snuff with the conversations that you'd have after watching sure. On the Rocks. Sure. Uh, but for me, like, I, I got more hours of content watching uh, Mythic Quest than I did On the Rocks. So I would, by default, have to say that. Fair enough. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. Okay. Yeah. So what about you? Anything you've been watching, listening to? What, what's been going on with you? Today is Wednesday. Um, so not last Sunday, but the Sunday before that, it, the weather was changing. It was getting cooler outside. It was a little bit overcast, potentially rainy. And I thought, you know what? I will now make my first batch of chili. Last year, around this time, I started making chili. I don't know what happened in my life. 
this feels like a very stereotypical, like kind of boring stay at home thing to do. Like, yeah, I'm going to no. perfect my chili recipe. Do you want you, me to tell you exactly why you started making chili? Do you remember? Yeah, you sure. came with me to the chili cook-off ah, at the Harley right. Davidson dealership, right. and it aw- it lit yeah. a fire yeah, of did. chili in your loins. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Okay, so I thought, time to make chili. I had yeah. actually saved my recipe from last year. I made it into a Google Doc, so I looked it up uh, and basically remade that recipe to a T minus a couple tiny, tiny little factors. I didn't have paprika. I didn't want to use it. It was too smoky. Um, but I made a big, uh, probably... I don't know. I made like, how do you measure chili? Not in gallons. That can't be right. Quartz. Quartz. Yeah. Um, which still doesn't help me because I don't know, but I made a lot. Um, like liters. I had to use the big pot that I bought from front of the show, Trevor Maturo at, uh, at uh, smart cash food service. Yeah. What used to be cash and carry. So mm-hmm. it's, it's probably like a, like a four gallon pot. So I, it fills up about half of that. So we'll say two, eight quarts of chili um, and fed all the people that live near us. And then finish it up last night, and it was a pretty good first batch. Um, nice. So I was really stoked about that because uh, the time of year dictates a warm, hearty, filling sort of comfort food. And yes, it does. I hope that by, let's say, February or March, I have perfected it even further. And obviously, at some point, Johnny, I will bring some to your house, drop it off. You yeah. can have it. Yes. Okay. Number two, we bought a couch. Yes. <laughs> and here's the thing. I've never really bought a couch before. I bought the white couch that used to live in our studio for a minute, um, mm-hmm. which was like $150 on Amazon. It's like a foldable, stupid, modern couch. It's not a couch. It's a no, futon. You, it's basically a futon, but a modern futon. Um, mm-hmm. When you buy couches, it's a whole thing. If you buy a new couch, it's like three grand, two or three grand. Like you go to a furniture store and like, here's our couches. And you're like, those are expensive. Um, so we didn't buy a new couch, but I was, I've had this thing lately where I've been looking at Facebook marketplace, looking for rollerblades for my large size, 13 feet. And it's impossible to find rollerblades, but I've created the habit. So, uh, sometimes I get carried away. There's no rollerblades, but I'll stay on the site. And I found a couch and a guy was asking two fifty for this large sectional couch. Large is definitely the important word here. And I messaged him as you do. I messaged like six people that day. Somebody had a, a, a part of a couch. It was just the corner. They just had the corner. And then they posted like a <laughs> screenshot of buying this really artsy corner. And the corner itself runs for $600. There's no, on the website that they screenshotted, there's no not corners. It's just the one wedge. And she was selling it for like $80. And I, what? having no practical interest in this bit of furniture, said, would you take 60 <laughs> Because that that's the mood I was in is the point I'm trying to make. So I reached out okay. to a bunch of people. This dude selling the couch for 250. I said, "Would you take 200? Because you got a bargain." And mm-hmm. Gianna's yelling at me this whole time. She's like, "Stop shopping. We don't need stuff." And then I showed her this couch, and our couch has slowly been deteriorating because of our animals that live with us. They like scratch it, and for all I know, bite it and take shits on it. I don't know, but the yeah. couch has been falling apart for years. Well, plus, you guys sit on it, and we sit on it, and yes, and I showed her this. And she's like wait, that's an amazing couch. Like we'd had enough coffee that morning and we're having a lazy day and it was in Forest Ranch and the guy said, yes, I'll take 200. We're just moving into this new place. We need this couch gone. So we went and got this couch. It's it's about 20% too big for our living space. <laughs> like, that's that's uh, not a high enough percentage. Yeah, you're probably right. So like t- our old couch was about nine feet long Uh, And when it was fully intact was also, it's like an L-shaped thing, right? So then the other way was probably about five feet, five or six. This new couch is 11 and a half feet long 
and like seven feet the other direction. Still an L. Our wall, what you would expect to be a 90 degree angle where the, the, the elbow of the L would reach on our home is not a 90 degree angle. It's a 45 degree angle, which means you can't shove a 90 degree angle couch end into it. So ours sticks out from the wall. We got about a foot on either side and it's literally into our kitchen. We, we yes. had to put the kitchen table in the garage. We no longer have any seating besides the couch. We don't even call it a couch room anymore. We don't call it a living room. Damn it. We call it a couch room. Yes. And that is basically our house right now. I love it. It's you know, it's amazing because I could come over and socially distance on your couch. You really could and have a few yep. feet in between. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, so that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing these days. I haven't watched a full feature length movie on it yet, but I did watch another feature length movie a couple weeks ago from 2020. Wasn't good enough to make the episode description, as you might notice if you look down at your phone now, but it's a film called Bad Hair. And this is my last thing. It's this sort of satirical horror comedy movie. Um, and it's about this gal, Anna. She is, she works at this company called Culture on a TV station. It's basically like a generic sort of copyright safe BET. Mm-hmm. And this takes place in like, I think, I don't know. It feels like the early nineties kind of deal. So like lots of neon colors and probably people riding roller skates down by a beach, that kind of thing. And Anna is sort of the only person in this entire company that doesn't have sort of a modern look. Like all of her coworkers have weaves and she finally decides to get a weave. But the problem is the weave that she gets is cursed because it's taken from its actual human hair taken from um, the descendants of uh, slave witches. And now her weave decides to start murdering people. Cool. And that's the movie in a sense. Um, I watched it on uh, Hulu, so it's available there if you have that. And it's, it's uh, I think it's like an hour and 40 minutes maybe. Um, it's, it's not good necessarily, but it's ambitious. Okay. There's some laughable moments. There's a lot of cringy kind of, okay, that's what we're doing moments. But mm-hmm. if you're looking for something that's a different perspective, um, it's a decent way to go. Like I hadn't heard about it. I think that the, the, yeah, particularly like the maybe not mainstream um, film perspective is always a great way that I like to go. Um, it's also directed by Justin Simeon, who did a lot of work on Dear White People. Okay. Um, so somebody who really cares about kind of getting away from the Caucasian mainstream, mm-hmm. which I think, yeah, different perspectives, great. It's not a great movie, but funny enough. So if you have Hulu, I'd say throw on bad hair. It's, it's, a, it's a fine time. All right. So Fair that's enough. where I'm at in the past couple of weeks. Nice. That's cool. Uh, watch some fine movies yeah, on your just, giant couch. Yeah, uh, you, uh, Usher's in it. Forgot to mention that he he shows up. Nice. Um, as does Laverne Cox, who is famously a, a transgender um, uh, activist and person. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of good to be had, in, and it's a pretty progressive film. So that's that. Those are nice things. Yeah, you'll recognize Laverne Cox from Orange Is the New Black, or from uh, the documentary we covered. Uh, what am I two months ago? Uh, yeah. uh, disclosure. Yes. Great. Great stuff. Hell yeah. Anyways, that's all I got this week, man. Uh, it's been a real, real pleasure catching up. It's been quite a while. It feels like. I know this is good. This was good. Um, so end of show reminders. The first thing, obviously the show wouldn't be what it is without Bailey Minardi. If you're on Patreon, please weigh in on our poll that will be up shortly about our, uh, special Christmas surprise. <laughs> 
Um, if that sounds like something you want to be a part of, join us on Patreon. Give us, give us $2 a month. You might really thank yourself. You might also not, but you won't know until you try. You got anything else? You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> and Untapped oh, at Fresh man. Hop Cinema. Sure. Letterboxd. Enthusiasm. At Max Minardi and at Johnny Summers. And just give us a rating and review. Just do it. We'd Email really, us. really appreciate it. Or Sure. Sorry. I thought you were doing it so slowly. HCCast at gmail.com. That's John. Are you done? Our website. <laughs> Let's get out of here, dude. All right. That's Johnny Summers. That's Max Bernardi. We love your faces. Bye. Have a great week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.